Good morning, Calvary Hills Baptist Church. As always, it's an honor and a privilege to be sharing with you from the Word of God. This never seems to get easier. I'm not the best looking person in the house. I'm not the best dressed person in the house. But I just want to do what God's called me and asked me to do. Some people have no issue standing in front of the crowds and speaking. I don't necessarily have any problems with you people, right? But I do want to make sure that I'm handling the Word of God the way that He expects me to. I don't want to mishandle it or misspeak it, or misrepresent it. As always, I prayerfully consider all that the Lord has shown me as I present his word today and share with you. If you're a guest with us this morning, I welcome you and pray that you felt welcome here in this church. My name is Eric Shields. I have multiple roles here at the church. Uh, some of you may know we're currently uh, looking for a pastor. Keith Mannery has been stepped up as our interim preacher. Uh, he had a, a, a vacation plan this week, so he's asked me to do it. Um, so I'm standing behind this pulpit, uh, and I hold this position with the utmost respect. It's just something that you don't flippantly come up here and, and try to share the Word of God with somebody. I've grown up in church all my life. I've seen churches. I've seen great churches. I've seen good churches. I've seen churches that seem to exist just to check off a box and say, we did what we're supposed to do. But the one thing that I've seen and learned in all the churches I've been in is that God has a plan and he will accomplish it. Whether we look at it and think it's a good plan or a bad plan does not deter the maker of heavens and earth from accomplishing his will. This morning I'll be continuing in our series that Keith started last week, The Cross Speaks, by looking at the next phrase spoken from Christ upon the cross. But before we continue, let's review how we got to this particular moment here at the cross. Just a week before the crucifixion, the crowd in Jerusalem was singing praises and hosannas to Christ as he entered the city. He had shared with his disciples many times how he had come to establish his kingdom. And maybe they thought, this is it. This is the time. Look at the crowd is welcoming us. They want us here in Jerusalem. They're going to rise up and, and make him king. And, and all of our problems are going to be taken care of. I'm sure none of them imagined by the end of the week that he'd be hanging from a cross like a criminal. But remember, God has a plan and he will accomplish it. We move through the week to the Lord's Supper and Christ foretells his betrayal. The disciples don't do much about that. They just kind of ask quietly to themselves and to Christ, is it me? And remain even actionless when Christ tells them it's the one who dips his hand in the bread with, or dips his, his bread with me. They still don't do anything about that even though they see somebody do that. As we move into the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is arrested, Matthew 25, 56, and Mark 14, 50 tells us, then all the disciples left him and fled. Those that said that they would go wherever he goes and lay their heads wherever he laid his head could not be found. Later, we find that they were actually hiding because they didn't want to be associated with the Christ. After an unjust trial full of lies and false testimony, Jesus is led up to Golgotha to be hung like a common criminal, a fact that he mentioned upon his arrest in the garden in Luke twenty-two fifty-two, saying to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and elders, do you come out against me as a robber with swords and clubs? He foretold what would happen. So here we are today, Christ on the cross, having asked his father to forgive his mockers. Let's continue in Luke 23, starting in verse 39. The text should be on the screen for you to follow along if you don't have your Bibles with you. Beginning in verse 39 of Luke 23. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. 
But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What lesson or insight can we glean and apply from this passage? Before I share, I ask that you would pray with me and for me as we learn from the word of God. Father God, I just thank you again for this opportunity to present your word, Lord. Father, I pray that you would just use me as your mouthpiece. Lord, that the words that come out of me aren't words that I feel I need to say, Lord, but the words that you've given to me to share with the church body this morning. Lord, I just thank you for the worship team and how they set us up to come to this moment to hear from your word, Lord, to hear from you. I just ask that if there's anybody here that does not know you this morning, Father God, that this message would just pierce their heart, help them to understand their need for a Savior. Lord, and even those of that are Christians, I just ask that you would help us to understand that we can't do it by ourselves, but we need to rely upon you, seek you every day, fearing you, Father. Again, just bless this word as I preach it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So in case you didn't realize it, the crucifixion of Christ is foretold in the Old Testament down to who Jesus would be crucified with. Isaiah 53, 12 says, Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So that is my freebie to you. As Isaiah foretold, is exactly how we find Christ between these criminals or these transgressors. As I read this text, I thought, what could I possibly pull from these words of Christ and preach about for 45 to 50 minutes? Okay. Then I realized this is what the gospel is all about. The plan of salvation. Criminal recognizes his need for a savior. Christ assuring him of eternity straight from the lips of our suffering savior. My message is done. Worship team, come. No. But it is very, it's a great picture of salvation. This is why we preach what we preach and seek to boldly proclaim as we represent Jesus in this world every day of our lives. This account of salvation is one more lost sheep, one more joining the fold and angels rejoicing in heaven. This is the great commission in action. What I pray you understand from today's message is this. We need to see our need for a savior. Whether it's a first time confession or in our daily communication with the Lord, we should fear God, choosing to follow him daily and not wade in the worldly wasteland. We find this account of Jesus being crucified between two men in all four gospels. John does not mention that they're criminals, just that they're two men. Matthew and Mark do not give us any dialogue between them two. Only Luke records a dialogue between the men and Jesus on the cross. And while Luke does not mention specifically their names, traditions say that their names were Dismas and Gestus, if you want to name your kids that. Angela, I know you're expecting, right? Also, we aren't told that the, what their crimes are or the reason for their punishment. We don't know how long they had been in prison or if they were first-time offenders or lifelong criminals. We are told that they are but we do know that God has a plan and he will accomplish it. Both men were suffering the same gruesome, torturous death 
and both were in the presence of Christ. They both had the same problem, which is the first point I'd like to speak about this morning. The problem. Verse 39 in Luke 23 says, One of the criminals who were hanged railed against him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save us and yourself. We know the crowd and the Roman guards also questioned Christ if he was the Christ at the foot of the cross with sarcasm and mocking him. Matthew and Mark tell us that both robbers actually railed and reviled Jesus as well. This word railed is the same word used in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel 25, we see Abigail speaking with some of his, her servants. It says, when Abigail, Nabal's wife, was told by the servants that Nabal had railed against David's men, despite them watching over Nabal's possessions. And we all know what happened to Nabal. Let's just say the term heart of stone was not coined by Mick Jagger. Did this criminal really know what he was asking for? Did he understand his mockery, or was he just going along with the crowd? He knew he was going to die. Why not just follow along and do what everybody else was doing? Maybe the crowd would have compassion on him if, they, if he joined them in their rallying cry. We don't know why he chose to follow the crowd. But now imagine, imagine just for a moment, if Christ did exactly what this criminal asked. Whether serious or not in his request, what if Christ came down from the cross, saved himself and the two thieves? There they go, walking off into the sunset, arm in, arm, in arm, mano to mano, and Jesus singing, imagine me and you, and you and me, how happy and we would be. Great happy ending for these three guys. But what about us? Where would that leave us? Let's walk that through. There have been no unfinished crucifixion, meaning no atonement for sin. There would be no resurrection, meaning no eternal life. There would be no ascension into heaven, meaning no Christ at the right hand of God. No day of Pentecost. No early church forming. Paul wouldn't have spread the gospel. No gospel. No church. No church, no Calvary Hills Baptist Church. No CHBC, no me sharing with you this morning from the pulpit. But perhaps worst of all, no call for repentance and no hope of eternal salvation with our Lord Jesus Christ and God Almighty in his glorious heaven. This criminal's problem was he needed saving, but not the way he wanted to be saved. He needed the supernatural power of God to intervene. 